Bishop Frank has an important and timely topic this week. Without having an unhealthy curiosity about uh, angels and demons and spiritual warfare, it is important to know that spiritual battles are happening all around us all the time that we, to some degree or another, are engaged in as well. So that's the topic of today's Let Me Be Frank. There's a lot to learn about and a lot to think about and pray about. So keep your radio right here at 1350 AM or 103.9 FM. Keep us on your phone with the Veritas mobile app. You can get the app at the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or VeritasCatholic.com. Let Me Be Frank is brought to you by a grant from Foundations in Faith. Foundations in Faith embraces innovative approaches to funding pastoral care programs in the Diocese of Bridgeport. Resources focus on energizing lifelong faith formation and discipleship and fostering a commitment to justice and accompaniment with our most vulnerable. From seminarians to retired priests, from baptism to last rites, from suburbs to inner cities, the reach is broad and the impact is meaningful. For more information, visit them on the web at foundationsinfaith.org. Okay, here we go. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I am Steve Lee, and it is my great pleasure, as always, to introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, today we're going to get cosmic. What do you think? Ooh. <laughs> I, I think I like the sound of that. I'm not really sure. sure. Well, God knows where it's going to lead us, but let's try. Let's try. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to let you know also that uh, last night I happened to be at St. Thomas More in Darien. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little event to to just to attend. And afterwards, I met some folks who are listeners of this show. And uh, I never met them before. Last night was the first time. And they were so appreciative of what you're doing here on a weekly basis. So I just thought I'd pass that along to you that, uh, you know, it's great to to be able to listen to the bishop on a weekly basis. Well, thank so. you, thank you, and thank you to them as well. And because you're the heart of this show, my friends, it's your. Yeah, it's, right. it's your. Without you, we have nothing. I'd be talking to an empty wall here, an empty room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so the reason I make I say cosmic is because yes. there has been a great deal of discussion in the last couple of years about spiritual warfare. What does it really mean and how does it manifest itself and what do you do about it? And quite frankly, um, today there are certain things that we're going to talk about, certain things we would not talk about because to draw attention to them is counterproductive Hmm. because of the many things the father of evil, he's an egotist, he's prideful. So one of the basic rules of the spiritual life is that you augment the good and you avoid giving evil any occasion to manifest itself or to have any sway or influence on anyone. So we have to be prudent as to what we talk about because we don't want to inadvertently, inadvertently make people who are curious, vulnerable to the very things we don't want, if that makes sense, right? Yes. Yep. Right. So, but we have to start with the angels and we have to start with the demons. So, Mr. Lee, if I said to you, never heard of an angel in my whole life, what would you say? Oh, gosh. So I would say uh, an angel basically is a spir- purely spiritual being mm-hmm. created by God mm-hmm. to uh, to serve him. I, I think mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. to serve us to an extent. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, very much so. And, and so you make some interesting distinctions. So let's take one step back. There are three, I'm going to call them dimensions to creation. In the creed, we say he created things visible and invisible, right? So what we're really yes. saying is the father is the creator of everything that exists. Now, there is a spiritual world. There is a corporeal or material world. And then there's us who are both. Yes. Interesting, huh? And what makes us both, the animals have animal souls. We as human souls, ensouled beings, made in the image and likeness of God, we know who we are. We are self-aware. We can make choices. We're free and we can love. So we share in the qualities of the spiritual world. But we're still material as our struggles with sin and concupiscence and lust and greed and envy and all the rest of it are very well known to all of us here. So in a sense, in that spectrum, we're in the middle and the angels would be on one side because, as you say, they're spiritual, non-corporeal beings. And we know they exist because the scripture speaks of them, Old Testament and New Testament. In fact, every significant event in the life of Jesus has angels about them, whether it is the announcement of his birth to the shepherds whether it is Joseph being informed by an angel to escape to Egypt, whether it is Jesus being ministered in the desert when he began his, right, his ministry, um, whether it is at the resurrection and many others, right? And, and it, there are scripture passages that say the angels ministered. And even the Lord himself said he could have called uh, legions of angels because you, your point is they serve him. That's why they were created, to serve God. Yes. Right? Right. Imagine if I had that. Imagine if you had that. That's why we're not <laughs> God. That's, yes. that's the one. But the very word angel in the catechism, it's quoting St. Augustine, angel defines their office. Spirit is really their nature. Ah, okay. So spiritual beings that are given like a mission are called angels. Now, we, we don't use the distinction in colloquial, but in fact, so, and the angels, by their very definition, interact with the world that is not spiritual, totally spiritual, because they're serving God's purpose in that. So the archangels have major messages, and then the angels, like our guardian angels and all the other angels, are there to be of assistance to men, right? So you got to stop for a second. So the first thing to consider is that a totally spiritual being is sent in service to a being that is both spiritual and corporeal. So one could argue, while the angels are the highest in one sense because they're pure spirit, on the other hand, they are serving us who are not totally spiritual. So who is the highest of all creation? I think that's a fair question to debate. Yes. Right? So, so that's one. And therefore, they have intelligence and will. And what, this, what the catechism teaches us is that the angels exercise their free will. Now, what is the difference between an angel and a demon? And the simple answer to that is when they affect 
their free will, one chose to stand and serve God and one rebelled against God. And unlike us, and this is another point of contention, so the angels have only one choice to make, and that choice is irrevocable. And it may almost seem as if the demons cannot repent, and it seems almost um, a bit merciless on God's part. Like, why are these things, couldn't they change their mind? But the answer is that's a function of their nature. So it has nothing to do with the reflection of God's mercy. We, on the other hand, if we are a mixture of both, soul and body and spirit, we have the advantage of being able to make the choice more than once. Thank God. <laughs> well, exactly right. Right. Exactly. So in a sense, if you think of it in those terms, once the angels have made their choice for or against God, then they're either angels in a service or demons that are opposed to his service or will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And therefore the father of evil or Satan or the devil, or whatever you want to call him, Beelzebub, whatever, is a creature that has, because he's pure spirit, made a choice against God and therefore is opposed to God for all eternity. Right? Yes. Now, I'm not aware where there's a definitive, and there may be in the catechism, right? In which case I may be speaking out of school here, but I recall in my theological studies that the question came up as to what would have been the cause of Satan's fall. Like why choose to oppose God? Have you ever, have you ever run against that question? Yes. Okay. What did you, what were you taught? So I was taught uh, that it was uh, pride mm-hmm. that that made him fall. He could not uh, he could not accept the scandal of God becoming like us, man. Exactly, exactly. In other words, uh, the the fallen angels did not have difficulty in serving God but they had profound difficulty in ministering to a creature that was inferior to them as a mixture of spirit and and material reality. And therefore, just to do that, and then for God to take that life was what he rebelled against. So in some in some way, shape, or form, we've been the problem all along. <laughs> but 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 you see the pride then. It's it's beneath me. It's below me. It's not good enough for me because I should be X, which is exactly why he turned to Adam and Eve, and in Adam and Eve in the garden, he used the same reasoning, and he beguiled them as well. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's, it's, it's quite an interesting, it's quite an interesting background. So let's go back to the angels. So we have guardian angels. We spoke about this about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I forget about the guardian angels. And we do, we do. But even in the, in the celebration of mass, right? Right. We, we say at funerals, may the angels lead you unto paradise. I just celebrated a funeral this morning. And as I'm saying it, you're invoking these spiritual beings to be of assistance to us, right? 
And when we say, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are filled with your glory, Hosanna in the highest. We are in, in fact paraphrasing what the angels said the night of the Lord's birth. So we're joining our voices to the angels in the praise of God. So one of the points I wanted to make in raising this is we should not um, fall into the temptation of the modern world to trivialize angels or or to make them, you know, decorations on a Christmas tree mm-hmm. or, the, you know, forgive me for Hallmark, but on a Hallmark card for Mother's Day, you draw, put an angel stuff, right? Right. They, they are powerful intercessors. They are yes. allies to us. They have been sent by God to help us on the road to eternal life. So the question that people need to reflect on is how conscious am I of their presence? How often do I turn to them for their, for my needs? Because they are there all the time to help us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not cute and cuddly little uh, baby like things no. with wings. No, no, Michael, yeah. the archangel, never struck me as cuddly. <laughs> right. Right. I think it was I think it was C.S. Lewis who said that if we were to see an angel mm-hmm. with our eyes, we would be tempted to fall down and worship because they're so great and fearsome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet something like that. And yet, even, yes, and, well, remember the scriptures in the Acts of the Apostles, when Peter and Paul, when they performed their miracles, the people wanted to worship them. Yes, right. right? Yep. Anytime there's a manifestation of something that is awesome in the true sense of the word, like wondering or awesome, yeah, but they serve, obviously, God. So you could understand why, in a heart that's ready, you could welcome the angel in your sleep, like Joseph did, mm-hmm. and be obedient. And then you could have others, right, that experience it and are taken aback in fright simply because they're not ready. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Right. To welcome them. So let's talk about the demons. So, how many there are, I, we do not know. The one that has the name is the great deceiver. He, in some way, shape, or form, is his purpose is to take as many of the creatures that were the reason, cause, excuse for his fall with him. Now, let's think about that for a second. So this, the only purpose he has left since he's already been defeated and he knows it, since he is himself a creature, the only purpose he has night and day, 24 hours a day, is to try to bring as many of of those who are made in the image and likeness of God, which is us, humanity, into destruction with him. That should be very sobering. So therefore, when we speak of a spiritual warfare, in effect, it's a logical consequence of Satan realizing that now he made his choice. 
it is irrevocable, he's not going down alone. And I don't say that to frighten people, but I say that to be sober in the spiritual life. Yes. Right? Okay. Another way to put it in the catechism where it says in Article 395, it says, and I'm going to quote, he, that is Satan, cannot prevent the building up of God's reign. He cannot prevent the coming of the kingdom of God in its fullness, because that's what the death and resurrection of Christ did definitively. But he may act in the world out of hatred for God and for his kingdom in Christ Jesus. And although his action may cause grave injuries of a spiritual nature and indirectly of a physical nature, to each man and to societies, the action is permitted by divine providence, which with strength and gentleness guides human and cosmic history. And it goes on to say, it is a great mystery that the diabolical is allowed, but only because of free will. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. it, to Not to allow it would be to impede free will on our part. And if you impede free will, then you ultimately impede love. And God, who is love, can impede those who are going to share in his life. So once again, there's a quite, there's a quite logical context there. Yes. Yep. So we've spoken about this before. I find even a greater urgency now. And that is, we need to avoid at all cost what you said before. That is making the demons antiseptic or making the demons cuddly, if I say, or acceptable or part of the normal fabric of life. If we do that, and it is happening in our world, if we do that, then it is literally opening the front door and the wolves are on the other side and the sheep are there defenseless, and we are those defenseless sheep. You, We are asking for trouble, major, major trouble. Mm -hmm. And you see it all around it. In fact, recently I was in a parish where a person who will go nameless was so upset because one of her relatives showed a picture of a Christmas ornament that her relative bought that said, long live Satan. Wow. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And you say to yourself, this person's mentally ill. This person's out of his or her mind to do something like that. But then go back to the catechism. There's spiritual harm, there's physical harm. Perhaps... Perhaps the influence of evil has so messed up their mental thinking that you're almost like in the desert without a compass. You take the compass, well, how do you get out of the desert? They, they, they get, they does get to a point where to find your way out needs extraordinary intervention. Yes. And that's the liberation of the church, right? That's the power of the keys. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's, almost a flippancy about uh, evil and uh, the devil um, where people don't take it seriously. And you see, I forget where it was. There was one in Boston, definitely, and, and other places in the country where they're having these satanic 
Oh, it was in Boston. Rallies. It was in Boston. Okay. And, and black masses. I mean, it's... Uh, Do people know what a black mass is? Um, you mean our listeners? Yeah. Do you think? Why don't you explain it, Excellency? Well, I, I'm no expert, and nor have uh, I made it my business to ask. But this much I do know, that a, a, a mass, so a black mass is the mass in antithesis of what we are doing. So you're not giving thanks to God, you are cursing God. And therefore, what everyone who is involved in that sort of evil desires deeply is to have the Eucharist so that it can be profanated, it can yeah. be defamed, it can be is sacrilegiously abused. But you see, even those ignorant people, and they are ignorant, those ignorant people, besides falling into grave evil, are inadvertently making the case of faith. They are inadvertently manifesting a belief in who, who the Eucharist really is precisely by coveting it and desiring yes. to, 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 to create sacrilege. They are, they are saying exactly what we believe it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they won't accept a fake Eucharist or a non-consecrated Eucharist. They want a consecrated Eucharist so that they can uh, desecrate that because, as you say, Excellency, they know what that is. Right. They know who that is. Right. Right. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the Archdiocese of Boston, they asked the people of the archdiocese to pray during that during those days for not only their protection but the conversion of the people who were involved in this and they did take special measures many parishes to ensure that the eucharist was cared for that it was consumed in, in front of the ministers and priests because you don't know if there's infiltration in a mass simply to i mean even to say this to steal the eucharist is so absurd in my mind. Yeah. Right? But you say the deformation. Did anybody start out in life wanting to do that? I would hope, I would have to say no. Yeah. So how yeah. did you get to that point? Yep. And that's when we talk about the influence of the demons. We talk about seduction. We talk about temptation. We talk about how they influence us in so many different ways that if we're not attuned to it, then in this struggle, call it warfare, in this struggle that occurs within our own lives when we're tempted, or we see in so many other ways in life, if you're not attuned to it, then how do you defend yourself? And that's ultimately what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, You don't have to attack the, the, the evil one. He's already defeated. You have to ignore him. Yes. Okay? Right. Because you've had experiences of prideful people, right? Yeah? You're, you're looking at one. <laughs> no. I mean, really prideful people. I mean, yes, we're all prideful yeah. in some way. But I mean, someone who's so absorbed with themselves, right, bordering on narcissism, it's only about me. And how do you, how, the only message you can get through to a person like that is to ignore it. Hmm. Don't give credence to it. Right. Because yeah. then, again, you're making the premise that what you supposedly are saying about yourself is worth my attention. No, it's not. Really, you're not sent to the universe. God is. <laughs> so just get a life, sit down, and grow up. Simple as that. It's my diagnosis. 
<laughs> That's how we used to do it in Brooklyn. That's what we do it now. Yeah. That's how right. you do it. So, but, but, so the father of evil wants your attention. And when you give it to him, you are actually feeding his arrogance and pride. Because now for, for either a split second or for an extended period of time or for these poor people, for perhaps the stance of their life, he's w- wiggled his way into the center of your attention and he's not worth it. It's not worth the time. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we should talk a bit about the, the spiritual warfare and how does one protect oneself against this influence of the demons, right? Or the demonic or just the, the downright evil that's around us. How do we protect ourselves against that? I think I have a bit of a formula that we can talk about. Right? Yeah, that would be good because it's not, sometimes it's really hard to ignore him. Uh-huh. But so so that would be good for, for you to, to tell us uh, more about how we can, how we can do that. Um, yeah, so let's do that uh, on the other side of the break. So this is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network, and uh, we'll be right back. If you're concerned about your end-of-life plans, searching for a Catholic cemetery, or have loved ones who are buried in one of the 14 Catholic cemeteries throughout Fairfield County, now might be a good time to begin planning for yourself or for other family members. Call one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 to leave a message or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Many people don't realize that they can be buried with their deceased loved ones, even if all of the family's in-ground plots have been taken. The Diocese of Bridgeport Catholic Cemeteries provides in-ground burials, as well as columbarium and mausoleum options. This makes it possible to unite your family together in the same cemetery, and it's an opportunity to build a bridge for your family back to the church. Talking about this issue is not easy, but pre-need planning makes your wishes clear, reduces cost, and helps your family avoid difficult decisions at a time of grief and loss. You can start your planning now by contacting one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. We can guide you through the options, regulations, and considerations to help you make the best decisions for your family. The number is 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, We're talking about angels and demons and spiritual warfare, Excellency. Mm -hmm. Stuff that's really deadly serious, um, but not always taken seriously by greater society. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were, at, so, at our break, you were going to share a story. Well, so I just I, you, I just thought of the story of Bartolo Longo, who mm-hmm. was uh, an Italian um, who grew up Catholic in a great Catholic family, went off to university uh, to study law. And while he was there, there were, um, I think there were uh, anti-government and atheistic mm-hmm. uh, movements on campus. Mm-hmm. And just by nature of being there in that environment, kind of got swept up in that. Mm-hmm. And 
became an, became uh, I think he became a Satan Satanist. I don't know what you would call that. He, Crazy he worshipped. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and and rose in the ranks of of satanic worship and became a satanic priest. I guess for lack of a better way to put it. I, um, and and along with that, became involved with uh, drugs, um, and spiraled into depression, which goes along with all of that mental illness to a degree. Um, and it was only by uh, virtue of a friend from home mm-hmm. who introduced him to a very holy priest and the power of the rosary that Bartolo Longo came back to the faith became a great champion of the rosary in, in Italy and is now on his way to sainthood. Oh, and since I was going to end with this, let's put it in right now. If anyone on who's listening to this podcast is struggling in any way in the spiritual life and has a real sense that some of that struggle is not, is not just them, but it could be influences around them, whatever they may be. Apart from seeking, you know, the advice and guidance of a priest, the most important thing is to turn to Our Lady, right? Who will not abide. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, the truth of the matter is, the moment that Satan struck against God, with all his might was when he conspired so many different forces to crucify the son of God. And that was his hour of defeat. And for our lady to have endured all of that, to see her son endure that and knowing now from her place in heaven, that the one who struck is now totally defeated. There is nothing she will not do to crush his head. You only have to ask and she will do the rest. Right? Yes. So you talk about allies. Ah, I think we're in great company. Yeah, we've got the best. (laughs) We're in great company. Okay, so many times I've spoken about the three days. So this is my methodology, spiritual warfare. Again, so that we're not drawing too much attention to it because that is counterproductive that we're not giving him prominence because the whole idea would be to disarm him in his pride and arrogance. So therefore, just take a look at the effects and say, where, what are the signs in my life, in my spiritual life, where there could be an influence of evil in me that is trying to do me harm? And you have often heard me say of the three Ds, right? Deception, division, and distraction. Today, we're going to talk about four Ds because there's one more. And the fourth D, you want to guess it? I can't even think Despair. of one. Despair. Despair, yes. Right? Because that's the sin against the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. That is ultimately saying, I am defeated. And no, you're not. No, you're not. He is. You're not. He is. And you are not. Right? So so my thought would be, let's talk about how they manifest in our lives, these four Ds. And then what's the antidote? What's the spiritual quality that could be the antidote? 
Okay? So let's talk about deception. Let me ask you, how many ways can one deceive, be, be deceived? How many ways? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if, a, a lot. Uh, Just give me one. Uh, I'll give you one. Let me start. Okay. Okay. Junk in, junk out. So if a person does not take care to expose themselves through either reading or through video, through, through, through the, the visual uh, platform, to reputable, authentic, genuine sources of truth, then you are opening yourself up to being deceived. Yes. Yep. Okay. So yeah. now, right? You'd agree, correct? Yes. So I call Definitely. that junk in, junk out. Having said that, right, how do you meander the digital world where you're not often sure what the authenticity is? Right? Yeah. What's genuine there? Apart from the source books. So in the world of faith, you have the scriptures, right? You have the catechism, and you have the writings of the fathers and the writings of the saints. So right there, you, you're, you're standing on solid ground. I go to, to uh, Bishop Frank Caggiano, and I read his blog and his thought, well, please, God, I'm going to be authentic. I may not always be 100% accurate because I'm, you know, I, I'm human. But, but even when you read my stuff, you have to say, well, wait a minute now. But I need a healthy, sacred skepticism. That's the word, sacred skepticism. To say, okay, he's a bishop of the church. He's a cardinal of the church. He's a whatever of the church. Great. But now let's put what he said against the scriptures, the catechism, and the fathers of the church. That allows a methodology in your life not to be deceived. Yes. Because sometimes people with the best of intentions, besides malice, can easily be saying things that are not the case. And then you have the forces that are actually deceiving you. Because there are hidden agendas behind it. Hmm? Yes. So, so on one level of deception, if you want to keep a spiritual, a healthy spiritual life, you want to keep the forces of evil in this great struggle that we're talking about, then a sacred skepticism, as I call it, is absolutely necessary. Read everything with an open mind, but always go back to the foundational sources of truth to make sure that what he or she is saying matches what the church is teaching. Yes. Yep. And people may say, and of course, forgive me, people may say, well, that's an awful lot of work. <laughs> I mean, you want me to go back to the catechism? In which case, my response is, because I'm getting old, so the bottom line is, I tell it like it is, then don't read the articles. Just read the sources if you don't have the time. Why bother with the intermediary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's exactly. that for time management? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't need the interpretation. Read the actual teaching. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So that's one level. Now, this second level, this is much more complicated, much more subtle, and much more difficult. And that is, I can be deceived or I can deceive myself. Self-deception. Now, that we easily fall into. 
So my question to you, my friend, is how do we get out of it? it it's a difficult question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I could you could you avoid it to an extent by having regular spiritual direction? Well, well, you see, that's the key. You see, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. I would have said something a, a little bit more broadly, but you're right. If the self is deceiving the self, then the answer lies outside of oneself. Yes. So that is why whether you speak of spiritual direction, whether you speak, speak of discipleship, or ministry, we all talk about accompaniment. The bottom line is the spiritual life to be authentic, to know the truth in its fullness, you need companions who are equally trustworthy, who will be able to reflect back to you what they see in you that you may not see in yourself. And that includes what you hold to be the quote unquote truth. Now that, I have to tell you, is where the devil's having a field day. Because in our politically correct environment, and even in our socially egalitarian environment, very few friends feel comfortable to say to another friend, what you just espoused is wrong. What you, whether you realize it or not, what you just does not make sense for these reasons, or have you thought of this, that, and the other? Because we feel we're going to be offensive, we're going to put the person off, they may walk away, and then my question, answer to that question is, then are they a friend, then are they a friend, then are they a friend? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Even in a, a recent Sunday's uh, epistle, we had Peter writing, always be prepared to give an uh, account for the hope that is within you. Right, right. But then the second part is you do it with gentleness. Exactly. So Because you're doing it out of love. Yes. Right? Again, because if you're doing it out of pride, or oh, I know better than you, he's already in. Right. He's already in. And then who are you serving? Right? So that's one. Number two, division. We don't need to talk about it because ad nauseum, it's all over, we've talked about it. So in your mind, what is the antidote to division? What would you say? There are many uh, spiritual qualities, not just one. So I mean, yeah. but the one I want to highlight, maybe you may want to highlight something different. What would, you, what would you say in the spiritual qualities of life would be the antidote to division? Uh, I, I think at the risk of repeating, but I think it would be humility again mm-hmm. um, and love, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to know that, you know, I'm not, I'm not more important than, than you. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I feel like that would be th- that feeling of, you know, I know better. I'm, I'm in this position. Those things are real causes of division mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. today. Anyway, no, I would agree. I would agree. And, and it absolutely is necessary. What I came up with in preparing for this and just reflecting on this is again, division could be division among groups, division could be division within closer family relations or friendships. Division is within oneself. Right? It seems to me the quality 
that the Christian is asked to live, that is at the heart of the Paschal mystery, is summarized in this sentence. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And in my mind, the antidote to division is forgiveness, true forgiveness. Because the, the opposite of division all right, is not an armistice or, uh, or unity in the world, in the way the world understands it. The, uh, the opposite, the antidote to division is communion. Okay, which is more than unity. It's, it's entering into a, a oneness of mind and heart. And that cannot happen without a real forgiveness. Because most of the divisions that matter the most in our lives are, are come out of woundedness that is not forgiven. And that again is extremely hard in the spiritual life, especially in a world where the fact that you offended me is reason enough for me to cancel you out completely. Mm -hmm. So that is something that, again, that which is evil in our midst knows our reluctance to forgive. And therefore, in its temptation to hold a grudge or to seek vengeance or to be uh, disengaged, whatever it is, prevents the, the healing of division. And you can't forgive without humility. So you're absolutely correct. Because in humility, I have to say to myself, I guess I'm asked to forgive this person and to heal this division. But the truth is, I have created my own divisions. And in my humility, I need to recognize that I am in need of it, not just to give it, but to receive it. So in a world that does not seek the truth intentionally, in a world that does not forgive, is giving leeway to the spiritual warfare and allowing in that spiritual warfare for us to have losses. Number three, this one's an interesting one, distraction. How, what's the, first of all, how, what, I know what I mean by distraction. When you hear the word distraction, Steve, what are you thinking? I think uh, I think you're talking about um, filling our minds and our time with stupid stuff. Nonsense. This is right. very this is a very direct podcast. I like this sort of podcast. <laughs> now we're getting frank, like we're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, there's that phrase, uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Yep. That doesn't mean a blank mind. That means just one that's not focused on on the important things, I think. So, uh, all right, so, so let's take that apart. Okay. In the healthiest of lives, spiritually, distraction is not always a bad thing, simply because it can be a form of rest, right? So I call it mindless. You call it distracting. But, you know, you turn on, um, I don't know, something on television. You read a book, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's a distraction from all the other work you're doing. So that in and of itself is not, is not a bad thing at all. 
However, distraction becomes a, 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 the playground of evil when you lose the sense of what's important and what is not. And that's the fundamental difference. Yeah. So when you're consumed with how I look, you forgetting that this body is going to be dust one day, ladies and gentlemen. So it's important to remain healthy, but forget it. There aren't enough facelifts on earth to help <laughs> with the ravages of time because we are both spiritual and material beings. So what's ultimately important? And if we don't prioritize life correctly, then what are we doing? We're setting up the possibility that something other than God takes over the center of our life. That's where the danger of distraction comes. It's not having a day at the beach, which is, could be tremendous, right? And it could be an occasion right. to thank God. But if it's, the, we call it the worship of the sun, when it's only that and it's your highest priority, then something's wrong. Could it even be something as simple as you really need to get to sleep and you're just mindlessly scrolling through your phone in bed? Yeah, yes. Because you don't know where that could lead. <laughs> number one, but also number two, um, the highest priority is to serve God, to know, love, and serve God. And if you're physically tired by choice versus physically tired by circumstance, but if you're physically tired, mentally tired by choice, then in the struggle against evil, then you're not going to be awake enough, attentive enough, intentional enough, and applied enough to be able to root out where there are the occasions that if you choose them poorly, is going to hurt your spiritual life. So, yeah, of course you could scroll through your phone. I mean, I, that's how I read the news, to be honest. Mm -hmm. First thing in the morning, because uh, yeah. I have an iPhone and they have that little news thing. You hit it. Now, of course, it gives you a slanted view of the news. But at least I, I know that the world hasn't ended. That this <laughs> World War Three hasn't started. Something like a major consequence. <laughs> Everything else is, you know, again, it's prioritization. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, so how? So how... So what's the antidote to distraction? Oh. Mm. Uh, it almost feels so too simplistic an answer to just say fo focused. Ah, yeah. Well, I use, I, yeah, I, have, I came up with the same answer. Only I, I would say be intentional. To be intentional. Yes. So in the end, the classic Christian habit of examining one's conscience at the end of the day is therefore a number of reasons. To be mindful of our sinfulness so we could ask forgiveness. Mindful of our sins against neighbors so we could ask their forgiveness when the occasion arises to do that. But also it'll, it can be the intentional moments where we look at the priorities of our life and how distracted we are in keeping God as the single greatest priority of our life. Mm -hmm. Right? So intentionality is absolutely important. Now, what about the last, despair? Now, this is a very sensitive topic because this is not just a spiritual 
reality. It's also a psychological reality. It is obvious that for many factors, which we could talk about, I suppose, and some of them would be just speculative, that there are more and more people slipping into areas of extreme anxiety, depression, which can lead to despair. Now, you could define despair many different ways. The way I simply define despair is the death of hope, Mm -hmm. is where there is no felt um, expectation or even desire for a situation to become better. So despair is the sin against the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is there always to recreate and always to give new life, and always to open another venue and opportunity to life. And there are different levels of despair. We could have momentary despair, right? Mm-hmm. You have a flat tire, you're on the side of the road in the merit, everybody's giving you the evil eye and you're trying to take the bolt out and you realize you don't have the little gizmo thing that you have to have. And in that moment, you say, I give up, I give up, <laughs> right? Momentary despair, momentary. Yes, yes. Which is different from those people who are in dark places. In dark places. Right. So when we talk about despair, we have to recognize that there is also a psychological realm here that demands both intervention and um, medical attention. Yes. Now, having said all that, there is the spiritual part of this despair. And the spiritual part is exactly what I said. It's the death of hope. It's to trust enough in hope that my desire to get to heaven will be fulfilled. So if you keep or I keep our eyes on the immediate happiness, we will fall into despair, could very easily. If we're distracted and have the wrong priority, I was joking before about facelifts, right? And I have nothing against facelifts, I suppose, but... If your quest is to re- to remain youthful forever, that's not possible. It's just not possible. And it extracts a greater, greater cost the older and older you become. So in the end, it, it really becomes a question of the, my ultimate priority is to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. When I lose that priority through distraction that I need to intend to get my life back. But all along when I'm distracted, evil is saying, no, it's great. No, it's great. Yeah, it's tremendous. Why not? Go, go buy 10 more suits. And so every girl on the street's going to turn her heads. Wow, this guy must be wealthy, rich, tremendous. Look, he's in great shape, blah, 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 blah. Right? And you lose your way. But despair is when you get to the end of the road and say, there's nothing left. Yeah. 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 But there's always something left. Right. Following Jesus is not a life without difficulty. It can't be. It, right. It, but, it's, but it's knowing that you're in the boat in the middle of the storm and he's in the boat with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and the devil and the forces of evil, the evil one and his demons are on the outside of the boat saying, no, 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 no. No, the real life is out here in the waves. Hmm. <laughs> See, because that boat's going to sink. 
I'll take, come to me. I'll show you, you can walk on this water. Come on, let's go. Until you start drowning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So spiritual warfare, What the point I, I, I guess I'm trying to make here is don't see it as going into battle, swords, and, and no. See it more as guerrilla warfare. Okay? It's done, it's done much more subtly. It's done much yes. more um, proactively. It's done in small battles, not huge battles. Right? And it's closing the door to deception, division, distraction, and despair in all its forms. It's to say, in my world, you are not coming in here in this way. And you're going to push on one door, and I'm going to push back and be ready that another door at the same time or soon after will start pushing. So you always have to be at your best. Yes. Right? And you need people to say, Frank, what are, you, what are we doing here on this here? Right. Do you hear yourself? That's how we yeah. hold the evil at bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I'm so glad you wanted to talk about this, Excellency, because it's so important. People, I think, some people think that, well, if I just, if I stop practicing the faith, if I go away from God, I'm fine because I'm on my own. But the reality is there's three actors on this stage. And if you go away from God, you're going into the arms of the one that you don't want to be in the arms of. It's one or the other. So you have to constantly be walking towards God. Otherwise, you're walking towards the other dude. Yeah. And most of the time, most of the time we find ourselves walking in circles. Hmm. Right. Right. Yep. The, Back and forth. Yeah. We're going, sometimes we're facing God. Sometimes we're facing the temptations of evil. Sometimes we cross into those temptations. Sometimes we cross into moments of great grace. Yes. And the whole spiritual life is ideally a straight line to God, but it's oftentimes not. Yes. It's more of a meandering road, which again, but God's merciful. So he doesn't expect us to be in a straight line. He's not. Right? I mean, look at the apostles for the love of the, of the Lord. But yeah. he loved them as he loves us. And that's yes. what the evil one does not want us to believe. Yeah. You know, comfort, you heard my confirmation talk to the yes. sponsors. Yes, I did. Yes. And I don't know if mm-hmm. I'd say Mary's is the one. I, I have a few versions, but I, I was recently at... Um, at a confirmational go nameless. And I, I ended my conversation with the sponsors because I talked to the sponsors before we start, not the student, not the young people. Yes. And I said to them, you know, I, I'll be, I was just 36 years of priest. So I said, I've been all over at, and I'm grateful for the opportunity of young adults about what their greatest challenge is. And I share with them what we've talked about in the podcast, that it is they believe they're not good enough so therefore, in the end, they believe that they're not lovable. They can never, that they can't earn your love and attention. That's, that is exactly where evil wants them to be. Yeah. Right? And then I say to the sponsors in this time in particular, I said, but do you realize that the fact that you are here watching their back is telling them that you believe they are lovable and they are loved just the way they are now. They don't have to earn it. They don't have to prove it. Yeah. And I, um, the, 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 there were two people 
in the front row who started to cry. And I thought, I didn't, I didn't come out here to make you cry. And that's, but I guess they realized, I mean, my gosh, this is not just filling out a paper. So when you talk about the front lines in, this, in the spiritual struggles, right, of life, the bottom line is godparents, parents, uncles, true friends, they're your, they should be your allies in the struggle against this. Yeah, yeah. And so before we go to break then, can you just uh, exhort us one more time? Because to help us along the way, God gave us a queen mother who loves us and fights for us and uh, shows us how to do whatever he tells you. Right, right. right. In the end, there may be those who are listening who are struggling. First of all, struggling with habitual sin. Struggling with the temptation that just keeps coming back over and over and over again. Struggling with a a discontent in life. Struggling with some really serious sins, whatever it may be. None of that is possible without some influence of evil in our lives. Either that we fought against or we've accepted in or we've sinned or whatever it may be. Whatever that is, Our Lady is your greatest advocate. Because next to Christ himself, there is only one to whom he, the father of evil, has absolutely no influence. And can you imagine a mother who, what what would a mother not do to protect her children in the hour of their greatest need? Get out of her way. Yes. Right? Yes. Boom. Mm-hmm. So there's always hope. Awesome. Okay. So uh, let's uh, come back on the other side of this break with a listener question. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Be right back. Okay. Welcome back to Let Me Be Frank with Bishop Frank Caggiano. All right, Excellency. Here is this week's listener question. Mm-hmm. Got an email and it says, hi, Steve. Hope all is well. Really enjoying Let Me Be Frank. I have a question for the bishop. How does a church get named? Who does that? Thank you. Simple answer is the bishop. When a bishop, when a church is being founded, built, or consecrated and has no name, the bishop is the one who chooses the name. Now, he could do it in a thousand different ways. He could consult the people. He could do, go down and ask leadership. But in the end, he is the one who chooses the name. And once it's named, it's permanent. Wow. A church cannot change its name. A parish can. A church cannot. Huh, interesting. Right. So what's the distinction there, Excellency, between the church and the parish? Because the church is the actual building that's consecrated. Okay. It cannot be changed. The, the church is also the community. And the community could go by the name of the church building or another name. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. Now, this is my challenge before you give you a little blurb. <laughs> and that is... You and I have spoken, and I want our listeners to be aware of this, of the possibility of having either a half show or a full show, let's say even a half show, of just answering listener questions. But some of the questions that have come are really excellent questions, but to answer them takes more than a minute or two. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to answer them in this context. But if we could get enough questions from our listeners, then I would love to do that because chances are, my friends, if you have the question and there are 100 people listening, 25, 30 others have the exact same question in their mind. Yes. 
Yep. So send all your questions to Steve and let's see how many we could get to see if we could do this periodic new format. Yes. And it could be anything from, you know, somebody asked you recently what your summer plans are. Oh yeah. Those are to- easy questions. Anything, those are easy. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've had we've had questions about details on the on on what happens at mass, and we've had questions about you know deep theological things. It could be whatever you whatever is right. on your mind, yeah. whatever you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you want to do that, send it in on social media or email questions at veritascatholic.com. And Bishop Frank Caggiano is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So is Veritas Catholic Network. And thank you very much to our sponsor, Foundations in Faith. A grant from the St. Therese Fund for Evangelization makes it possible for us to bring Let Me Be Frank to you. Foundations and Faith is committed to supporting and transforming pastoral ministries in the Diocese of Bridgeport. And you can learn more about their outstanding work at foundationsandfaith.org. Excellency, this was awesome. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, it's, it's a timely topic, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So uh, along those lines also, a bishop's blessing carries much weight in the spiritual realm. Would you please give us your blessing? Mm -hmm. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, in our our spiritual lives, we face distractions. We we experience divisions. We experience the influences of the evil one. And so we ask that you send St. Michael to our rescue and through the intercession of the great mother of God. Keep us always in your grace mindful that your love never fails and that you're calling us to true joy and one day glory in heaven so bless us those whom we love and all that we do for we ask this in the name of the father of the son and of the holy spirit amen okay my friend see you next week thanks excellency all the best